At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And with a collapse of the former superpower, several powerful factions now by for control. The threat is real. An evil organization calling itself SCAR. Known only as SCAR. Their goal, nothing short of total world domination. Led by this man, known only as Iron Claw. We will be victorious! Not on my watch! Hey, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. We are knowing is half the podcast talking about G.I. Joe Extreme from the mid 90s. This is episode five of G.I. Joe Extreme to catch a claw and we're going to catch them together. My name is Ray Stacanus. I'm Robert Clark Chan. I'm Gina Bolito. I like how I said that as if this is like a mystery. <laughs> everything, like, everything in the universe is a mystery, Ray. Life oh, is a mystery. True. Everyone is standing tall. I hear you Life call my is name. A mystery. When it feels I like home. Ride it all night long. What? Oh, what? That's what, what you're talking about. Right? Highway. Jesus, no, it's Gina. a mystery. Life is a mystery. Oof. Oof. You know, weirdly enough, I side with Gina on this. I'm not sure how, <laughs> but I do. Don't, I don't make me really... go to a rap genius and look at the lyrics, man. I will. Because <laughs> I already know that I screwed up the Madonna lyrics, so. Anyway, who, who are you people? We just did that. We just did that. We actually oh. did it on time, <laughs> like when we were supposed all, to. All uh, uh, mirth aside, it was like 108 degrees out here in uh, Los Angeles true. today. Oh, so my head is fried oh and melted. God. Yeah, I'm in a garage setting. Oh, I was going to say, who the hell, who cares if it's 108 degrees outside? Gina, right. We don't all keep our right. houses at a cool 66 degrees. No all one the is time. outside, though. Just turn your damn air conditioner on. Uh, it's a, I you know, love that yeah. my partner needs the AC on way more than I do. Oh man! So they, you know, they feel bad when they come down and like, uh, hey, is it okay if I turn it off? I'm like, man, I'm I'm out here with like hard nipples. Like oh, I'm fine. You you rule the roost with an iron fist is what I'm taking away from that. Because if I ever had to ask someone if it was okay if I turned my own AC on, mm. that's when I shoot them in the head in their sleep. <laughs> uh, I, my mine does not have anything. In fact, uh, they prefer a walking sauna twenty four seven. I don't know. Ooh. That the, is the, also the, terrible. The uh, but well, here's the deal. What is the max? Do you keep the AC? This is a question I'd be asking a lot of people, and I'll see how crazy my house is. Uh, I I I don't care if it's winter. I don't care if it's summer. I want my house at seventy two degrees at all time. I can go seventy two. I can okay. go colder. I can't really go hotter. I can okay, I can go as low as like sixty eight. But I'm not going any warmer than 72. I will boil alive. Okay. And uh, Chan? I was raised without AC. So um, what happens in our house is uh, it's uh, 74 degrees at night. Um, it's 78 degrees during the day. Ugh. Um, and then, like, uh, they turned it off today. And I was just sitting here. And um, they came out a little bit later and, like, uh, just checking the temperature apparently was still cool upstairs downstairs i was sweating didn't even realize it which is usually what happens is i just don't notice 
so the frog in the boiling water. Yes, yes, I am a frog. Uh, I will say my household is 78 degrees all the time. Boom. Doesn't stop. 70, Doesn't, no, oh, no. that's No, that's fine. 78. That's if that's, I, if, here's the thing. If I was a judge and someone put that as a reason for divorce, I would give them whatever they wanted. I would nullify prenups. <laughs> I would give them sole custody of the children. If someone said, I'm getting a divorce because my spouse keeps 78 degrees in the house, I would say, yeah. That's case closed. You win everything. No, no, no. You both live in a part of town that is like like 15, 20 degrees sometimes hotter than other correct. places in Los Angeles. That is so correct. you gotta you gotta keep that AC on. And 78 is like like you get any colder, you're gonna shut down the power station. Nah. We bought a <laughs> generator for that. We're fine. You know, shut it down. <laughs> Actually, we just, you know, we just today got in a portable air conditioner for my garage setup because we understand that living here in beautiful Panorama City during the summertime where it got up last year to like 126. (laughs) And that's when our power went out around Labor Day for three days of 120 plus degree (laughs) weather. And that's when we bought the generator. And yeah. now as a, a, a little uh, precursor, we b- purchased this portable air conditioner, one room air conditioner from Black & Decker. Ooh. Arriving today, I have not set it up yet because I'm stupid. Yeah, it's a good thing that you're not in a real hot garage trying to be funny, you know. Trying. <laughs> uh, well, w- what's really changed, though, for that? Like, my, It's not like my performance has gotten any better or worse. Fair point. This is pretty much what you get, folks. <laughs> but we're Deal talking. With it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hire me. Okay, so <laughs> so this is episode five of GI Joe Extreme. It is called "To Catch a Claw," and it, it, the live action is once again disappointing. I don't know if you guys feel the yeah, same way. Yeah, it, w- it was. I I feel like they they lured us in with the first two episodes of GI Joe Agreed. Extreme by promising us campy live action crap, and these last two episodes they've just been doing. Like a little drone, a toy drone flying through the air. A, a toy drone flying through the air with a VO over the top of it. In this case, dr- uh, Black Dragon and Ballistic. And they're just like, hey, follow me. Oh, you're the man. Yes, I am. Ha ha. Parachute out. And then we go right to the, it was like nothing there. This was like a nothing conversation. And I felt a little ripped off. I will. No. Yeah. What they should have done is completed production on all of the episodes mm-hmm. then just spent like 200 bucks to get like a couple of uh um just like yoked uh, a couple a couple of muscly guys from uh venice beach okay and drag him in put wigs on them have them stand around and they don't even have to do much they just like you know like wave their arms around and then put it over this but like this thing that they're doing right now, it looks so cheap. Well, here's the thing: uh, uh, I, you can see as the episodes go on that the that the budgets dipped, I guess, or they were running out of money because, like, they also repeat the PSA here at the very end. So this oh, is yeah. bookended by two very cheap things. At the beginning, it's instead it's live action, just sort of a toy flying through the air with voiceover over it. So they didn't have to really pay any on-camera actors. And at the end they reuse and, and I'm not talking like reuse it. Like they've been like, they've been redoing the, the Deke era GI Joe. I'm, I mean this, we're five episodes in 
And this was like the, the one that they used for episode two. They just use it again. So I think something's going on with their budget here. I th- yeah, it's already up, hitting some rocky times. It's going up someone's nose is what and I think. And we're on episode five. How are they going to make it to 23? It's going to be all clip shows like the end of some. I was going to say oh. it's going to end with 19 consecutive clip shows. Well, I just confused Deke and Sunbow. The first reference I meant was Sunbow. The second reference I meant was Deke. <laughs> you just tie it all together. It's all the same thing at this point, right, Gina? Yeah, I don't know what we're doing. I don't even know where I am right now. <laughs> that I believe. You uh, should so probably that- turn your AC down a little. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably pretty obnoxious. Uh, takes us to a mountain base. And, you know, we've seen many mountain bases in G.I. Joe before. Uh, in this particular case, this is real interesting to me because G.I. Joe is a battle strategy. I love it when G.I. Joe is a battle strategy because you have to analyze it. You have to say, like, would this work? How how well thought out is this? How military precise is this? So what you basically have is a, a mountain base, which kind of looks like the old uh, terror drone, right? It's yeah. a big kind of circular domed it looks like the you know the Pontiac Silverdome, uh, like a, like a closed football stadium, except it has like searchlights on the top. And so one of the Joes says, uh, "Okay, we got to take out those searchlights." So in my head, you you know, with very tactical surgical precision, you get a sniper rifle with a silencer on it. You go poop 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 poop, and you kind of pop all the lights so that way you're arriving in darkness and you have the element of surprise. You know, the reason to kill the lights yep. instead. <laughs> What they do is they shoot missiles at every single lighting fixture, blowing out the lights and putting the base on alert. Yeah. Uh, I, this is my the the thing that I that really rankled me about Deke. And I would th- have thought that they would have gotten rid of it here, but it's still there. It's like the, there's no threat like they can do all of these things. Uh, immediately after this roadblock, like, you know, they like bust in the doors. Roadblock is hanging from the top of the uh, um, like garage door frame with one arm shooting his 50 caliber machine gun. Yes, he is. Like, w- they're superheroes, they're- but they're also like um, uh, shitty dude bros about it, I guess. Like Superman's not like, hey, fuck you, bro. I'm going to fucking punch you in the fucking face. <laughs> and this is what I feel like all of the G.I. Joes are like. Be straight up, though. Be cooler if he did. <laughs> I mean, that is kind of what Tobey Maguire is in that one where he turns into a dick and he's like finger gunning ladies in the street. Yeah, which I love, by the way. I <laughs> I, I won't hear anybody talking trash go. about it because it's there a good go. bit. It worked. I, they did it and it worked. Hey, that bit was good. That movie exists. I enjoyed it. I don't know. I I like I loves me some Sam Raimi, so it's real hard for me to I'll take uh, get it a over, bad word out of him. I'll take it over X Men Three: The Last Stand and the last Christopher Nolan Batman movie. I'll take it over both of those. Also, but that's not exactly saying a lot. Uh, got a soft spot for uh, for Bane. So, oh my there god, you go. me too. That's why I don't like that movie. <laughs> But anyway, uh, they then they, they blow it all out. They start shooting up the base on the side, getting explosions. And kind of a cool thing, they shoot a bunch of smoke launchers at the base. Like, they, these smoke launchers must have been gigantic. They shoot them because the entire base gets engulfed in smoke, meaning it's going to be harder for the people inside to shoot at G.I. Joe as they approach. And mm. I'm like, that mildly resembles an actual tactic. I'll take it. There you go. I'll take it because they know where the base is. It's not moving. 
but the bass doesn't know where they are. I thought that was kind of cool. At which point now, and Chan, I didn't ask you to pull sound effects. I realized in this moment I had a few, so we're just going to go with it. But uh, they start, all these big robots come out because G.I. Joe's got to kill a bunch of stuff that isn't people. And so the robots come out and start getting blown away. And there are some sound effects that I thought were like real, real weird for these high-tech killer robots as G.I. Joe is blowing them out. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do not. Are you, you may be confused because one of the things that I have here is uh, Metalhead's weapon, which is a gun. Nope, that's a, that's, that's a music gun that shoots a, vibration sounds. It shoots guitar solos. It does. I'm My sorry, issue- it shoots a guitar solo, which we hear over and over again. Uh, the, the thing is that we'll listen to this whole thing in a sec, but what I thought was interesting was when the when the robot got blown out and destroyed, it just sounded like somebody rattling a paint can. <laughs> can you hear that like paint rattling sound in there? That was the literal sound of a robot exploding, and it was like... Uh, you know, this was the first the first uh, G.I. Joe where I realized that they they have like icers for so that they can shoot people and then just say, no, yeah. he's, he's asleep, which, right. you know, na- it made me think like, oh, why haven't they been doing this the whole time? Because in in Sunbow era, the original Sunbow era G.I. Joe, they just had like colored lasers and you just had to sort of believe that they never really hit them. But in well, this, like, you know, they're shooting people straight sh- in the chest and then they're like, it's okay. He's sleepy. Yeah. Like point blank. And I was like, oh, did he kill him? <laughs> and then like the cut back and the guy was like, oh, and he like got, got back up. I'm like, oh, wow. That was, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I appreciate it. I want to see them shooting people and I know they can't shoot them and kill them because it's a kid's cartoon. So this is a nice compromise. That's not just, Oh, why are they all such terrible shots? They can actually make them good shots, but since they're not cold blooded murderers, they have, they have icers. I just mean, it was more like a, it was like a a bait and switch. Like the per Mm. they shot them. The person fell as if they were shot. And then they're like, Oh, it's Okay. Uh, okay okay fine that's it's like duke's say, coma in the gi joe movie he's yeah. fine everybody say you have a stun gun before you uh, pull that business well they're, they're, I, I i think that they probably did we just didn't see it i think they've always in this iteration uh i think they've always been icers no i'm sorry that sounds like some 1984 double speak <laughs> we've always had icers that has always been the thing i don't understand what you're having problem with this uh, there is, I mean, there is historical from the original Sunbow era. There's the Fun House episode where I v- vividly remember Bazooka gets hit by a laser blast and just gets knocked unconscious while he's like on the roller coaster mine car and they have to like save him and stuff. So, I mean, like there is some precedent for people getting hit with the lasers in the show and just getting knocked out. Well, like, they have, I mean, Star Trek had phasers on stun it's not like it wasn't in the zeitgeist people didn't understand like what's happening why is he asleep i i think i i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that for the original series uh they were likely told that they couldn't even do that no that makes sense but but then by the time you know by the time this one comes around by the time things got extreme (laughs) yeah yeah well it is extreme but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna assume that in in the original gi joe they said no no no, you can never show a human shooting another human even if even if it's with a stun gun and by now they were like yeah all right like s&p has changed 
you know, the the wall is down, Reagan's <laughs> out, Clinton's in. <laughs> the big news is about blowjobs, so it's time to get extreme. <laughs> that is pretty. I mean, that we were living in an extreme time back in the nineties. That's true. a fact. Yeah, I will um, say, yeah, it it felt more like uh, that. I was just sort of taken aback that they would do that, just because we've seen so much of this content now that when it happened, I was like, uh, uh. so I don't know if I've just become soft. I mean, Uh, I watched Harley Quinn. I I will say that this whole iteration and maybe it's because, uh, uh, Deke felt so childish. Yeah. This feels like the most adult version. It feels like, it feels like when you start out and you're like two to four years old, you're watching Deke. And then maybe like two to seven, you're watching Deke. And then like eight to 12, you're watching Sunbow. But then like 10 to 15, you're watching Extreme. Uh, it's sort of like when you're when you're watching the Ninja Turtles cartoon and then you get into high school and you find out there's a Ninja Turtles comic that goes in some slightly different directions. Much like, I agree yes. with that. Are you uh, no, are you confusing comics with uh, fanfic where the turtles fuck each other? I'm definitely not because that happened in the comics, Gina. Thank you. Look it up. Um, the one part that <laughs> I thought was up, like Gina, don't look it up. No, we've, Turn done, on we've your been safe down this search. road before. We have been down this road before. Let's Too late. not. I've, I looked it up. I think uh, it's been a while since I posted anything to Ray's wall. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Okay, so uh, one very non-heroic thing that Black Dragon does, he walks up to one of the robots and says, don't shoot me. Oh my God. I surrender. I like this. I surrender. Not. (laughs) And then shouts, not. That is the most 90s thing that has ever happened in the history of time. Guys. Uh, Don't shoot. I surrender. A, A ninja flying over robots. Then, uh, uh, then turns out he's lying. Shoots the robot, and then says, "Not, oh my I god, it. I love oh it. my god." Why do you hate fun? I want to Thank die. This makes me hurt. <laughs> Oh. Look, a couple of things to unpack here. One, it's not very noble to uh, offer your surrender and then murder the person who puts their guard down. Not the most heroic thing on the planet, especially from, you know, maybe Zessie's a ninja. I guess that's fine. Uh, but it's a G.I. Joe member. That's a little wonk. But on top of it, we've been talking for a couple of weeks now that we wanted some new games to play in the G.I. Joe Extreme Show because we used to do the Bechtel test, Fuck, Mary Kill. You guys remember, we did a whole lot of stuff if you've been with the show long enough. And you remember, we did all this stuff. The, what's your favorite superpower? Oh, yeah. Are we going like, to play the I Want to Die game? That sounds no, like fun. I wanted to see every single episode of G.I. Joe Extreme, if we can decide what the most 90s thing <laughs> to happen in that episode is. And I was thinking it before this episode. And then this moment happened. And I said, this cements it. We have to pick the most 90s moment from the episode, whether it's at the end of the episode or as we're doing it. We're all like, yes, that clearly is that moment. I think that we have to define the 90s through G.I. Joe Extreme. In this case, it's I surrender not. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, though, that there's a whole like, here's the thing. I get that this is this is very 90s, but also later there is a sort of slow motion fight scene with no noises except for like guitar okay. solos. Oh, we'll talk about that when we get to it. So I'm, just, little... I'm just saying yeah. it's a toss up. No, we're going to we will talk about that because, yeah, thoughts. 
I have them. Uh, I have notions. Yeah. Your thoughts uh, better be this is damn fun, just like when he said not earlier. Because <laughs> that was fun, and I don't know how you live in a world that's so devoid of joy. Oh my god, I don't know how. My you thought is it's it- because you're living with your AC turned down to 55, <laughs> and you are in <laughs> fact uh, the cold guy from um, that one Christmas movie. <laughs> was it Heat Miser? What's the other dude? Uh, uh, Mr. Freeze. Is oh, his name Mr. Freeze? Oh, co- no, Coldmeister. Coldmeister? Cold- Coldmeister. Victor Von Freeze. No, that's Heatmiser. Yeah, Heatmiser and Coldmeister. That can't be right. That sounds terrible. Uh, look, so we get inside the base. We find <clears> they're in there to find these jets. And it turns out that these- Snowmiser. Wait. These Snowmiser. It's either Snowmiser or Coldmeister. Um, nope, we're not, we're not, we'll never know. Let's let it Wait. go. Wait. Yeah, it's, no. it's Heatmiser and Coldmeister. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, or snow conflicting miser. Mi- snow miser. It's snow miser. But if you Google it, some say cold miser and some say snow miser. Yeah, well, they clearly okay, said uh, one or the other on the television show. I've Googled and come up with Stone Cold Drop Santa Claus with a stunner on Raw. So well, I think that is right. I think you won. Is it yeah. Stone Cold Snow Miser? <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about the most 90s thing we've seen. Stone Cold Stunning Santa could be actually the, the correct Ooh, answer. Wow, but that's frankly, real high up there. <laughs> okay so they, they find these jets so like we're here to get these jets they go to shoot the jets it turns out they're holograms and you're uh, to assume that's a giant plot point that will never be mentioned in this episode again i, I like it here's the thing i liked this episode i thought it was good i did too I did and, too. and like I, this was a cool little bit of of like trickery that i'm actually glad that they then like pivoted away from because it helps build the world out versus just like oh the first thing we mentioned that's what the show's going to be about like sure. this is like oh shit we're in a trap and then all of a sudden it takes like a like the episode itself takes a totally different turn which i appreciate which well, yeah you, uh, you say this like, may be what, an unpopular yeah. opinion but um I kind of like this episode too. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know how that works out, but there wow. you go. Pretty wild. Well, so they basically this is this explains why all the stuff we didn't know. Why did they not attack GI Joe too hard when they were approaching? Uh-huh. Why were there only robots inside? And yeah. why did they face only token resistance once they got inside? The answer is because once everybody got inside the dome, they like closed up the dome again with like magic second doors, and they had a countdown timer of like thirty seconds to blow out the dome and kill GI Joe. This is competence of Scar, and it made me happy, even though it didn't work. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a yep. cool, it's a cool right out of the gate thing because honestly, I, I, like I'm gonna be honest, I zoned out in the first like couple. Like while this was happening, because I was just like, "Oh God, here we go! It's starting with a, they're starting with another fight, and it's just going to be oh, they got away." And There's I, a lot and, of pew pew in this. Yeah, like and then so so I was a little bit zoned out, and then once they were like, oh, "What a hologram!" I was like, "What a hologram!" You say <laughs> you have my attention, sir. It was weird though that Tupac would be right there in the dome, but it makes sense why they'd go in there. I see what you did there, Ray. Thank you, thank you. That was a reference to a thing that happened. Thank you. <laughs> like seven years ago. <laughs> so, okay. So they decide if we, if we focus our fire, we can shoot out the wall and we can get out. So that's exactly what they do. They also concentrate a good their plan, fire and they run. The way. Yeah. Smart. Uh, they're like, we don't have a ton of time. We just got to take the shot and the shot works and they get out. And I'm generally happy with the episode completely up to this point. Yeah. 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 There's nothing bad here. This is all meat. This is all good. I mean, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> Yeah, aside from the the, the like the the story makes sense and I'm I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so, uh, uh, essentially, what happens here is uh, uh, we, we, this brings back the plot point from the earlier episode that the claw is Iron Claw is actually alter ego of Count von Rainey, who is like a nobleman of, I guess, like an Eastern European kind of a, a Latvian situation, like Doctor Doom, like, and like a very, very powerful man, which very is well cool. connected, very it's, well it's, connected. It's cool and well respected, clearly. Yes. So it's it's cool. Again, I find this cool how they differentiate this from Cobra Commander, who's just basically like a, a leader of a terrorist organization and not well respected. But this is this is like, all right, what if like Vladimir Putin was secretly a uh, like horrible terrorist? What do you, what do you, what do you mean secretly? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So they end up giving info to the Count because the Count is actually on this like League of Nations that uh, essentially funds and runs G.I. Joe Extreme. Whoa. <laughs> I think that's a cool plot point. I'm here for it. I think it's a really neat thing. That's why Claw is always one step ahead of G.I. Joe. It's because he literally knows what they're doing all the time. Wait, they, they weren't giving that information to Count. Yes. No, they were giving it to the other character. Uh, uh. Because they they reference Ca- like Count von Rainey in the conversation, they say he's having a party. Oh, okay. Maybe but, you're so right. So it's a different whole- it's a different character. I was a little unclear on who that it was. It's not clear. But the whole deal is Wait, they make well, it oh, clear no, that they're- he will get that information though because he's part of the team. Yes, but they like the first guy they're having it with. They say like you know your your organization has a leak. Count Von Rainey's about to have a big old party. Let's go to this party and see if we can find the leak. Yeah. Sure. That makes but sense. But that's and not Count Von Rainey that they're talking to. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's okay, like that uh, Stone me. or something. That he's the Yeah, I forget his name, but the... it wasn't. It's not okay. Ray is it was, wrong is what I'm uh, saying. No, Mr. Clancy. That's right, because it was... Uh, Tom Clancy, uh, yeah. Tom, yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. Belvedere? Well, what yes. really confused me is the fact that guy was really hard against an investigation. He's like, we cannot risk one. And I'm like, yo, a lot of the things that Claw as the Count does in this episode would, in my mind, draw so much attention to himself. <laughs> yeah. I, which, I'll point which, them out when we get there. And and here's the thing. Like this, this like I'm going to at the end say another reason why I like this episode, which I won't right now. But but it, because it, it was it, a, a couple of the things were kind of obvious. But this first thing is is I, I thought. It was clever because I think if it had been a Deke era episode, they would have been talking to Count Von Rainey. Without question. And they would have been saying like, oh my God, Count Von Rainey, you have a leak. And he would have been like, do we? Oh no. Like, that's (laughs) terrible. Well, sure, I'll help you. But instead, the fact that they are telling this third party, hey, there's a leak. Let's sneak into Count Von Rainey's party and see if we can figure out who who it is. Makes it much more interesting because- Fair. Right off the bat, like the count doesn't know at, at the start of this scheme that they're going to infiltrate his party. He doesn't know. He only knows like once uh, once someone else tells him. But that to me is much more interesting with more places to go than than just them, which I, I feel like previous iterations may have gone for the simpler the simpler, like, what if they tell the guy that really is Claw that uh, they think there's a that there's a leak? Well, uh, not only would also, they have told, not only would they have told Count that there's a leak, Metalhead would have stumbled in and shot two people with his rockets, thus guaranteeing it's all out in the open two minutes into this episode. That's how Deke Era works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I like that. Um, 
there's a solid rationale too. It's like, we can't start investigating because this coalition is fragile. And as soon as we start doing that, then the whole thing will break apart. We're, you know, trying to sue for peace here. And it does feel kind of real, like in the real world, you know, like, uh, um, I mean, I don't want to get too political, but like if you were to uh, like start an investigation into like Israel, there would yeah, be yeah. like all sorts of people would be like, no, how dare you? And and then all sorts of hell would break loose. All sorts of things right. would fall apart. So like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah that's because yeah. global politics you sucks. Just, <laughs> you can't just start like investigating a- ambassadors from other countries or the head of the UN without everyone being like, oh, crap, this is if this goes wrong, this is going to we're going to it's going to be a shit storm. So let's not do it. Yeah. So Yeah. Again, I appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So uh, one of the more interesting action scenes we've seen so far takes place next because G.I. Joe, three members of the team are infiltrating. What is it? Stone, Mayday, and is it Dragon? Is he the third one? Yeah. No, Ballistic. Ballistic's the third one. Yeah. Ballistic, Mayday, and Stone. And they're in, uh, they're in uh, infiltrating and they need to like come in in a car, but it's at the top of this high mountain. So the G.I. Joe answer is to have Metalhead fly a chopper. I love it. Has a crane with the car attached to it that he is banging on rocks because it's real like windy out and he finally lands them on the ground near the castle and they just drive up to the castle that everything about this is beautiful it wasn't even the bit that uh like made me go i like wow wow uh that bit was uh they were talking about how they're going to sneak in yeah uh they obviously need uh fake papers the phony invitations and ids metalhead created on his computer his what computer you say (laughs) who has a computer oh my god i mean like that's such high tech they probably used uh apple paint to make these documents like oh yeah cutting edge shit am i right talking about was windows 95 very clearly (laughs) this was not 95 this was before 95 I mean, uh, but around. this was I, I I like this bit again. Again, I think this is clever because you don't realize that they're being carried by a crane in a in a limo. <laughs> like right. you just think that they're driving, and they distract you by actual like plot points. Like they're they're talking about this plan as it looks like they're driving through the mountains, and then all of a sudden, like the limo gets bumped. And I had a genuine moment where I was like, "Oh shit!" Like they fa- they found out, and like you know the the bad guys are ramming them. And the camera pulls out, and it's just like, "Oh look at that idiot!" Like flying the helicopter that's that has us on a on a bungee. That's like, and I was like, "What? That's that's amazing." Like this was a good this was a good sleight of hand bit that didn't you didn't realize what you were even watching until they 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 sprung it on you. I again, nice little bit of writing. I, I liked it. Uh, honestly, it's the sort of thing that would irritate me, but the way they executed it, like they sort of set it up as opposed to just being like, "Well, we got to get out there. I don't know how we're going to do it. I've got an idea." And then cut to, <laughs> you know, this helicopter flying out a limo, which is dumb as hell, but the way they set it up where we're just like, you know, like talking, everything's normal and then yeah. and then you pull back and like, "What?" Yeah. Um, pretty cool execution of that made that work and I, yeah, kudos. Yeah. Into it. Into it. So, yeah, they get to the, get inside the party so the papers work. Uh, and by the way, this show did come out in 1995. So Windows 95 is on the table, Chan. It takes it two is. years to uh, do the it animation t- for these things. Takes, that's, that's actually true. But the story takes. But OK, anyway, my <laughs> I just really hey, Windows 95 was 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 a revelation. 
thank you. Um, <laughs> and so, okay, so they decide they're going to split up when they get to the party. So that's what they do. Stone and Mayday go also, one way. Also, weirdly, like, um, uh, uh, yeah. w- what's the main dude's name? I remember Ballistic, and I remember... Uh, Ballistic, Stone, uh, Mayday. and Mayday. Not Duke. Stone, right. Yeah, not Duke. Not Duke gets... Super close up into his ear, and it's like, yes. oh, up, okay. yeah, it's just like this close up shot of him just like basically licking his ear. I'm like, what is going on? That was so weird. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, they, it's like they, what you see in like the Ren and Stimpy show where they get real close up on the lips <laughs> and it's real gross. That's what they and did here. And not Duke is also like sporting a really like creepy sort of Geraldo mustache and like old seventies glasses, like those sort of wire rimmed square. Again, I'm like getting Geraldo vibes. So, so when the other dude is like, he, he sort of, a woman sort of recognizes him and the other guy gets like weird vibes. Like he's like, is someone I feel like maybe I got recognized. And then the other, like not Duke leads in directly to his ear to be like, it's okay. If you got recognized, I've got a boner in my pants right now. And it's just for you. I also was just like, what's, what's happening? But here's, here's what I will say in other, like there have been other cartoons and other episodes of GI Joe where they are clearly saying things with an earshot of other people. So True. I appreciate the fact that they were like, well, shit, he's got to get right up in that ear and whisper it because there are tons of people around. So he's got to just fucking get nose deep in that lobe. Uh, and Gina, just for the record, you don't need to be redundant. When you say Geraldo mustache, creepy is already implied. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah, yeah, they they all sort of wear disguises. The, <laughs> the chick wears a dress and heels, which she complains about later, which I appreciated because I that would it. that would be a real thing that I would also complain about if I was on a spy mission and forced to wear heels. <laughs> uh, let's talk about that for a sec because uh, we'll talk about the plot point here. But right after this, Mayday needs to take a seat because her ankles and feet are hurting, which to me means Mayday's leg watch. This is the third episode out of five. <laughs> she had some sort of problem with her legs. I'm keeping track. I'm keeping tabs on this, everybody. The fact that she was complaining about ankle pain, I'm counting it for this episode. Three out of five episodes we've seen, Mayday has had some sort of leg injury. Mayday leg watch. I'm into it. Mayday leg watch. 1995 yeah, slash 2011. Here's 11, the thing. She just 11, had like a fucking broken leg a couple episodes ago. And she's she's not used to wearing heels. She usually she's wears not. whatever her combat thing is. Yep. So, yeah, I appreciate the fact because, you know, that's what every time I watch TV, I'm I'm currently sort of watching Arrow in between my Mar- my Marvel verse. In I've between. Already, oh, my yeah, God. It just as like, a, as like, oh, a, oh I, I need a palate cleanser. So as a palate cleanser, I watch this 120 episode program. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've already watched the first like four seasons of Arrow a bunch God. of times, but I restarted it because I just thought uh, this will be good but like the, some of those women are wearing like uncomfortable heels in those scenes and i'm just like come on man if you live in a city where there's a vigilante yeah. and like people are bursting into places that crime is running rampant just put on some flats at some point and just be like yeah i don't i don't care so i i appreciate the fact that she's complaining about this thing because it is very unrealistic to see in TV shows when women constantly wear heels and yet never complain about them. Love it. Love it. So into it. The, Girl power. Solidarity. Into it. Uh, the plot point here is that there's a photographer taking celebrity photos outside the Count's place. And she takes a picture of all the Joes. 
and she recognizes ballistic from a time gone by and is like, yo, I know that guy. Okay. I don't know what to do with this information. And that was interesting. I liked it. So go back to Mayday and Stone get attacked and uh, uh, they, 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 they get her. Uh, they end up having to, uh, 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 the big fight happens. I don't remember exactly what happened. I'd write down. You the skip the part <laughs> where the um, journalist goes in and tells Count Von Rainey. Well, that's that, like uh, the next scene after this one. Oh, I don't think so. Uh, oh, it's it's all at the same time. Whatever. Uh, the whole po- okay. So let's go on with the plot point then. I don't care. So the photographer <laughs> goes to Count Von Rainey and says, "Yo, I recognize Ballistic. He's a Joe team member." Uh, there was a pretty big deal where there was a big mission and two reporters were invited to to go alongside the two forces doing the mission. And he left me behind. The other reporter got to go. She got the Pulitzer Prize and I got fired for not getting the story. Now I have to take paparazzi photos and I hate life. You need to know ballistics here. Enough about yeah, my life. That's by the way, this is a good this is a good grudge. And I appreciate yeah. that there's that there's like a shady, shady ass hero in here. Like uh-huh. I appreciate well, that one of the Joes is like a shade bones guy who fucking hung up a reporter out to dry and now she eats ramen every night or something. First we have uh, black dragon shouting not after surrendering. Now we have ballistic <laughs> leaving reporters behind. This team is shady. <laughs> I because we don't actually get this information until a little bit later. Right now yeah. she's just telling uh, um Count Von Rainey he's here. Uh but I sure. do I, I did really like that story. Thought it was kind of bullshit that she flipped so quickly. Uh, she's there I working for the count. I mean, like maybe she thinks she's going to get a payday out of this. And Wait, can buy the uh, no, luxury no. You ramen. mean later on when she flips to forgiving yeah. him? Yes. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that was Here, quick. Here's that was quick. I, I, there's a few interesting things about this about her storyline, which is at first when she recognizes ballistic. It's ballistic, right? Yeah. And then goes to Von Rainey. I was thinking she. This is a bad. This is a bad guy. That's like, oh shit, like I know your claw. You know what I mean? I thought I thought she was like a claw henchman right. who was saying, and then it turned out to be much more interesting. It turned mm-hmm. out to be like, I know this guy's not supposed to be here, and I've got beef with him, so I'm gonna rat him out to the host because I know he doesn't belong here, so he's a party crasher. And then Von Rainey is just like, oh, it's fine. Everyone's welcome at my party. And she's like a little peeved because she's like, damn it, this motherfucker. I wanted him to get booted. Mm, okay, uh, uh, okay. And, and I will say that I also thought she flipped and forgave him sort of quickly, but I'm willing to forgive it because of the fact that when she's flipping, her life is in danger. So, of course, like, if that were the case, I would also be like, fuck it, man. Like, I forgive you. Just get me out of here. (laughs) And also, she clearly knows she's also getting great shots. So she's like, all right, just save my life so that I can go get my job back and, like, tell my old bosses, like, go fuck themselves. Uh, uh, So I'll forgive it. I'll forgive it. But, yeah, this was all this was I I also liked this storyline. This was a great B story that was going on in the midst of all this. There was a weird moment because Ballistic, you know, he leaves her behind and she's like, answer for this because this really like ruined my life. And Ballistic turns and he's like, are you the best? (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, Ballistic? (laughs) Like, are you the best? Because I'm the best. And if you're the best, then we can both be the best. And she's like, I forgive you. (laughs) It's real weird. In between all of this, because that's like 
back-to-back scenes almost, but there's a quick scene in between these where uh, the Claw, he's now transformed the Claw. He has requested evil backup. So he's called some of the uh, evil monster characters, like what their names, Overkill and uh, Wolfman and Cyborg. I forget all their names, but basically- There's the dude on- that's ba- that's like that's like that talks like Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. Right. And there's the guy with the big metal hand. That's the same guy because yeah, I thought because Dr. Claw also had a big metal hand. And with I was it. like, is this just an extreme version of Dr. Claw from Inspector The answer Dad? is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. So he calls him and he's just like, I need you to come to Count Von Rainey. But they don't know it's him. Castle. Yep. That was kind of cool. And I, yeah, I do him. like that. They don't know. It, they don't know. So yeah. there's, there's, and this is where he kind of like gives, in my mind, one of the many times he gives up his own game because he's like, okay, come to Count Rainey's castle. There's G.I. Joe here. You need to kill him. And they're just like, cool. And then we'll kill everybody else. He's like, well, no, no, <laughs> no, no. You're going to you leave Count Rainey alone. Do not <laughs> hurt that man. I'm going to tell you right now, do not hurt him. Uh, but I think he covers it well by saying don't hurt any of the other guests right Correct. doesn't he basically say just kill the Joes which again like if I was a henchman I would be like alright yeah I mean one is we're taking out one very specific organization the other starts it all out war with like 30 different nations so again I'm willing to forgive this oh yeah I, no I, I don't have any problem with that he covers um, it well but just looking back on it it's just like you know they're just like and then we're gonna get the count no no you're not no hold on <laughs> hold on a sec i just it made me I, laugh uh, when that i mean happened. this is the sort of thing that we have routinely where uh, um in the olden days where you know uh, cobra commander is like here's your mission a and then s- some crazy assholes like yeah but i want gold so i'm gonna do b and it fucks it all up. And if they had just done the mission, then everything would have been fine. Yep. yep yeah. Yep. Yeah. That happens a lot. Uh, so oh, another cool thing, uh, Ballistic Inferno, actually loses. Wreckage yeah, and Rampage, by the way. Those Thank are the three. Ah, okay. Not, not Overkill. Overkill was D-Care. That's my mistake. Inferno's yeah. who I was thinking of. Oh, boy. We got to learn these names, or we don't. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cobra, you pushed us too far! Now feel the power of the G.I. Joe Thunderclap! Nobody beats G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe Thunderclap! Thunderclap is setting a trap! Gonna blow Cobra off the map! Awesome! This one's for you, Cobra! Thunderclap is ready to attack! Gonna blow Cobra off the map! Kaboom! Nobody beats G.I. Joe! A real American hero! Thunderclap comes with drivers! Nobody beats G.I. Joe! Yo, Joe! Now, back to G.I. Joe. So Gina won't. So why Gina shouldn't won't. we? Well, it's our G- G- Chan. I hold <laughs> us to a higher standard when it comes to this stuff than I do Gina. No offense to Gina. I think this is understood on the show at this point. Look, I asked five years ago for a poster with everyone's face on it, a name, and it yep. never happened. No, we, we got, got them. it. We, we, we got, got it. it. What are you talking about? It never got We never hung. put them up. We never put them up. No. You know what, Chan? I think it's high time. Take those posters to Gina's house. Let's paper all her walls. <laughs> yeah. G.I. Joe posters. Done and done. 
Done and done. So a cool thing happens though, because Ballistic actually is fighting with the reporter they make up, and then he actually gets beat <laughs> right in front of her. He's about to get killed, but she does the little flash photography to mess up the bad guys, and then he gets them gets them out of it, which I thought was kind of fun. They make up. They're like, cool. Yeah, uh, I, I, and I appreciate that that she because earlier he basically said like his his excuse for leaving her behind was like, look, when there's a mission, like you gotta focus on the fucking mission. You can't just be be protecting dames mm-hmm. uh, uh and then sure. now like he does something that clearly requires maybe it's now or maybe it's later i forget when it is but like he does something that that like he makes some shot that requires a very precise shot and concentration yes. and she's like oh right okay yeah i i i get it you've got to be you've got to be focused on the fucking mission or else i would have just died yeah <laughs> also on top of it she's not useless she takes what she's got with her in this case a photographer and she uses that skill to help win the battle also very fun you know she's not just a bump on a log she's getting involved indeed yeah. uh also uh before this uh um uh mayday gets captured um uh sh- that was because i i made that note because she yes. shoots the guy and he falls down i'm like killed him dead no he's up Yep. That's what my notes say. Um, <laughs> I also was almost certain that I saw a uh, um, uh, a, sh- a a statue of Iron Claw that she blows up. Like oh. it was just like in the hallway and she shoots. She's shooting and a bunch of things get blown up. And that's one of them. Huh. Um, Interesting. I didn't go back because I'm very lazy. No, why would you? Why would but, you? Uh, um, and then, uh, yeah, she gets knocked out by gas because, you know, knockout gas. Another thing that I feel like we all expected we would have uh, uh, w- would have more relevance to our day to day lives as adults turns out yeah. not so much. Now it's just it only is used by like creepy dentists. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and around here is where is where I, I spotted a little. I, it's not it's not really an Easter egg, but it it's it's there's there's a scene where uh, Count Va- he's he's in his Count von Rainey guys, I believe. Uh, and in front of him is a little cobra statue. Oh, which I thought I that's right. Yeah, thought, I thought mm. it was a cool little. Uh, at first, I was like, "Oh, this is just a coincidence," because there's there's a mongoose in front of him as well. There's a little mongoose statue, and across from it is a cobra statue. Cool. Uh, but it's just so it's just so specific that it it feels like someone set someone did that purposely I as like a it. nod to cobra. Into it. it. So uh, we get a plot point here that uh, everything's jammed. So the Joes cannot get a word out because the entire castle's been jammed uh, from signals. So that's okay. So at this point, the robot drop pods come in and a whole bunch of robots uh, uh, invade. And Scar finally makes his appearance. Uh, The Count has stepped aside. Scar has stepped forward. And everybody involved is like, let's get them G.I. Joe agents. Let's go get them. And then the next thing I have here is a sound poll. And this is the second time. I thought Scar was trying just a little bit too hard to cover his own ass. Uh, Chan, I don't have written down what he says. I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I, yeah, if you could find it. Excellent. Scar forces are attacking. Scar forces? Here? How horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's some good little, acting. A little bit much. Scar forces? <laughs> Here? I lose it, man. That's great. I'm like, okay, good job, Count. Here's your Oscar. <laughs> you get it. 
I, this is when I started to get worried that uh, that that they would that they would sort of end this and everyone would have been just fooled by it and it would have gone back to status quo, which is ninety nine point nine percent of the time what happens at the end of non serialized shows. Yep. It just yep, yep, yep. so I was one hundred percent right now thinking, come on, the dude like the count disappears right when Scar shows up and no one. No one is going to, like, by the end of this episode, they're all just going to say, oh, too bad we couldn't find the leak. Oh, That's Peter Parker, where right did now. you go? Spider-Man yeah. was just here in Europe. <laughs> yeah. For example. Yeah. Man, what uh, you got against Spider-Man Far From Home? Like, it's one of the, my favorite movies. Uh, it's wonderful. I have nothing against it. It's just moments like that make me kind of go, oh, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh uh what's his butt original Batman figured it out like immediately in in Michael Keaton. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he figured it out immediately when his daughter was like, You were barely at the party, and then he was like, Bosh oh, it, you're Spider-Man. It's a great, great scene too. Guys, let's just talk about Spider-Man. No. Okay, so I thought you were talking about Adam West. Who isn't talking about Adam West? He's the best Batman. You're like original Batman. I'm like Adam West? What? Who? Original. He Batman. wasn't in friggin' Spider Man. What's going on? Took me a while to figure it out. Oh, oh yeah, Michael oh, Keaton. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So GI Joe has made a point to regroup. They're coming to the castle because they finally figured out what's going on. I enjoyed the moment because Stone or no Ballistic uh, runs out with the reporter, opens the trunk of the car they came in, and there's a whole GI Joe vehicle <sighs> inside there. That was amazing. Yeah, he comes out in full regalia. Which is kind of disappointing because I, I was like, it was honestly kind of cool to see them, you know, in like different attire, you know, gotta fighting sell them figures, but gotta no, sell them figures. He's, he's got to be shirtless with bandoliers and all Absolutely. that jazz. Yeah. And, and the report, he's just like, reporter, you got to stay here. And she's like, fuck you, ballistic, which I couldn't believe made it past standards and practices. But that's yeah, what happened. That's pretty crazy. She looks right at him square in the eye. And he's like, all right, you're on board. Uh, let's go. Here was another point where, because he he busts out, he's got two pistols, and there's this sort of triangular thing that uh, um, yeah. you know is like a sort of lasery pistol thing. Um, I feel like there was a sci-fi show in the '70s that had something similar because I remember as a kid, because um, I wasn't allowed to have guns, but I would always try and build something similar to it out of you know Legos or whatever we had. Uh, it was like this sort of triangular thing. So I know that as an adult looking at that, um, that particular weapon, I'm like that is the cheesiest bullshit in the world. You cannot expect me to look at that guy and feel like, uh, like, oh, well, there is a competent, you know, um, uh, hero soldier type. That's a dumbass toy. Uh, but also a nine year old me would have been like, that is the coolest weapon. In the history of weapons, it kind of reminded me of the original laser the laser tag gun. That's what it sort of reminded me of. I don't know if those a were specifically bit. triangular, but that's what I—that's the vibe I got. Yeah, that's what a future gun looks like, people. That's what the future gun of the '90s looks like, at least. That's what a future gun of the '90s looks like, people. Um, so, Chan, here's the scene we were talking about earlier. We have a giant fight scene here because GI Joe shows up at this point. They break up into the party. The robots are fighting, and they've decided to completely do away with ADR looping and other sounds and mm -hmm. only play music and literally it's off-putting because there is no sound effects whatsoever mm -hmm. for a long-ass fight scene can we hear a little bit of Wait. this fight scene 
Yes. Wait, did you just say Chan? This is what we were talking about earlier when I was the one who brought it up earlier. Don't I do this every episode? God damn it, Ray. I was specifically <laughs> the one who said there's a really big 90s moment later when they're doing this thing. Uh, to be fair, I was so, kind of re- I was referencing Chan because he's the one who does the sound drops. That's yeah, really what uh-huh, I was going sure, for. Sure, sure, sure. That's what like I was go saying earlier. There's this montage that's yeah, kind Chan, of like a video. Uh, yeah. No sound, which is really weird. Real but, weird, uh, yeah. I hate you both. Note that whole action is happening under this. Yeah, and uh, she's there taking pictures, and for some reason. I was just reminded of like a white snake video. Like it seems very much that like there would be music, there would be rock and action going on, there'd be like hot women like like looking sexy on a car, and there'd be someone taking a picture. So yeah, hundred percent. That's all. No, that's all I had to say about that. (laughs) I wanted wanted Coverdale. What more do you need? Uh, I wanted more than that. (laughs) So at this point, uh, nothing. At this point, the Iron Claw appears. And he's like, get stone. And this is the third moment where I'm just like, okay, because they always, all his minions and all the evil scar enemies here. They're all just like, all right, GI Joe's here. Let's fuck up this castle. And Claw's like, no, no, stop. No, we're going to leave the castle alone. (laughs) And it just keeps happening over and over again. And I'm like, I laugh. I'm loving it every time. Like, here's the deal. It's a bit. It happens in threes. And it pays off at the end, inevitably. I'm very, very happy with everything about this episode. It feels real weird, but I'm super happy with this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. What, Thank was you there anything more? Were you going to expound upon that, man? Tell yeah. me about it. <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> so here's the deal. This is the big payoff of the whole episode because the battle's basically over. The claw scar people have been routed. And Claw steps back into a cloud of smoke and then comes back out as the count again. But the photographer lady sees it happen. She's like, yo, there was smoke. There wasn't that much smoke. I absolutely saw what happened here. He turned from Claw into the count and then stepped back forward again. Yeah. And she tells G.I. Joe all about it, furthering the overall plot of this show, not away and uh, uh, Gina. Yeah, yeah. So, so here's yeah. the thing. So she spotted it, and my Phoenix, next, I've, on been, this, I've been so, I've been so conditioned, I guess, by Deke that when she sees it, I was like, oh, thank God, at least one character knows the truth. And then it cuts to her telling the Joes, "I'm right. telling you, I know what I saw." So I immediately thought, oh my God, these fuckers aren't gonna believe her. <laughs> and it's just going to be like the next 10 episodes is going to be like, oh, what? He's the, he's this? No, we don't believe that. But they're instantly like, well, fuck. If that's the truth, we've got a whole lot like bigger problems on our plate. They yep. don't doubt it. They're just like, oh, well, okay, okay, crap. Like this is this is even worse than we thought. So I love that. Like I love that it it's totally like they're serializing a cartoon, a kid's cartoon in the 90s at this point to to figure out this guy's secret they were told by a woman i know what i saw and then didn't immediately say no you crazy you crazy Uh lady uh and instead we're like "Uh uh-oh and then like that's where it that's where they leave it it's basically like the joes being told hey this huge fucking ambassador head of the un head of russia whatever whatever he is 
is also this like this head of a terrorist organization that's that's like taking shit down you should look into this and they're immediately like we are in over our heads and we're doomed and i was like damn that's a that's a that's a good note to leave it on man i loved it yeah that's it i'm done (laughs) janet i think you want to add to that no gina (laughs) should be the one adding things here i don't know why i'm the one that's being no it's it's now become a bit for me to just keep throwing it to chan who has literally nothing to say (laughs) that's my it's now my new favorite bit for this show we're talking about uh, adding in new games and bits everybody we talked about it uh, in the weeks between the last gi joe and this one and this is what we got we got throw it to chan who does nothing (laughs) we have most 90s moment and we still have the continued bit gina says something but ray thinks chan said it So all the hits are here, everybody. And Gina sung and Gina sings. That's always a, a every episode deal. How dare we you? I have a that. gorgeous voice. So moving forward, we have the PSA at the end here, which was there already were five episodes in. They're already reusing PSAs. That's that's troublesome, right? That is a little worrisome. Uh, yeah, it's it's so weird. Like the only thing I can think is that they had another one lined up and, and it wasn't ready in time. Or like alternatively, is it possible that that this was not the original PSA and sure. that it, it just like got uploaded to this shady site we use to watch cartoons <laughs> because How it's just you. so it's just so weird in in five episodes to repeat one. It is, but it could also be they only might have made like six because it was only going to air over like 13 episodes of season one. So the idea being they'll just rotate them through and who gives a crap, you know? Yeah, they might have even have uh, sent them separately, uh, sent the PSA separate from the episode. And uh, the the station, the TV station would then have to assemble the thing and they may have only given them X number of PSAs and they just had to like slap it on to the end of whatever episode, you know? Yeah. So we'll, we'll see if the trend continues. Maybe they only made four of them for all we know. I mean, whatever. It doesn't change my life really at all either way, but it is the one where the kids uh, at home alone and then the shady guy calls and says, you want a prize? And he says, oh, that guy was looking for was trouble. <laughs> which you know i really appreciated that too uh yes. it's a good psa a good lesson for kids just say a mom and dad can't come to the phone mm-hmm. which then became fucking- oh how you knew that uh that they were home alone Correct. no that's why you say like oh you know like my mom can't come to the phone she just she just shot a raccoon and she's skinning it and dad is cleaning the gun do you want me to take a message and then they think you're a crazy hick family and they okay. leave you alone <laughs> yeah mom's underneath the uh bed she don't have any arms or legs um (laughs) my brother's fucking her right now Um, you gotta gotta repopulate the family so yeah to fight Uh, the war against war of northern aggression i feel like i i probably brought this up in original sunbow when they did this exact same uh uh thing but like what child in the and here's the thing in the 90s when there were no cell phones and kids weren't savvy or anything and you just had you just had a landline and and probably an answering machine like what kid is home alone answering a phone you know like a are you kidding me like like a kid that young being left home alone is crazy but also then like the 90s that then i mean i was also alive in the 90s ray none of my friends were left home alone Uh, here's the thing i was a latchkey kid in the 80s so i uh can tell you if -hmm. you don't have an answering machine 
uh, you have to pick up the phone because it might be your mom calling for, you know, like, uh, I'm going to be late or whatever like that. So, like, uh, if you have no way of screening, then you have to answer every time. But also in my house, we only had one landline and I wasn't like allowed to answer the phone. It had to be one of the parents because I I would screw it up. So if I'm the only one (laughs) home and the phone rings, it's like, this is this is my time to shine. (laughs) I get to answer the phone. I get to be a big kid. I'm answering the phone. I 100 percent would have answered the phone under those circumstances. And I probably would have been home alone, too. Would you have gotten into trouble? But you were a latchkey kid because you weren't left home alone. Latchkey is the opposite of being left home alone. Wait, Gina, do you know what a latchkey kid is? Yeah. I don't Gina, think how would you, you define, do. How would you define a latchkey kid? I'm very curious. It's like an after school, uh, a kid who has to stay after school because their parents uh, uh, don't, can't pick them up at a, at a thing. At a, right, at a and they have time. to they have to wait for their butler to pick them up. That's what <laughs> Gina knows about latchkey kids to take their helicopter home. Because Gina is the queen yes. of Boonton Township. That's correct. Uh, yeah, for I, the rest mean, of I, get home. That, I get that it's like I get that the original term meant like you arrive home to an empty house, so you are a latch and key kid. But then, like, then school started an after school thing for latchkey kids, so that they wouldn't have to go home. That and is correct. That became, they created latchkey the programs. New latchkey kid. The new but it latchkey didn't, kid. Though. Kids who that were, became an after school program named after the kids who just went home and had to bring a key with them to school because they were home alone and could answer the phone when bad strangers were calling them. Boy, that would have been nice. I need this PSA. Would have loved to have an after school program. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You know, fucking silver spoon in my mouth, too. That would have been great. You know what the after school program was when me and Chan were growing up, Gina? A gang. That was the after school program. I was going to say getting I, I beat up by a gang. So, yeah. Lumping, lumping himself in with Chan and in actuality was not a latchkey kid. Uh, I was 100% a latchkey kid. Don't I would come home. I would let myself in the house and I would perform concerts to record albums on my uh, living room table uh, with a pretend microphone. And I would do this most days. Oh, I'm looking up. I'm looking up Lashky Kid on on. <laughs> oh on boy! Wikipedia. Turn on the safe search. The, I'm sure the, there's some porn site that's oh, like no. mm, hot Lashky Kids. There's a whole section on the effects it had on children. Loneliness, boredom, and fear are most common for those younger than ten years of age. Most Lashky Kids grew up to become podcast hosts. <laughs> uh, most, I would argue, all. In the in the early teens, there is a greater susceptibility to peer pressure, potentially resulting in such behavior as alcohol abuse, drug abuse, sexual promiscuity, and smoking. Dang. So what happened to me then? What the fuck? That's rude. I wasn't doing any of those things. Higher rates of depression and lower levels of okay, self-esteem. Well, well, there we go. Nailed it. Okay, go on. Go on. No, I, I can't relate. Well, then um, we, we just figured out why I'm better than both of you. <laughs> that was your one piece of criteria. I don't know what you've been paying attention to all the time up to now. Yeah. Uh, you know how I said I used to get beat up by gangs? That's I'm pretty sure Gina was one of those people. It, well, you shouldn't have oh, answered no. the phone and told me you were home alone, Chad. Didn't you watch G.I. Joe? Problem. That is my it's fault. That is my... Here's the thing. My mom wouldn't let me watch G.I. Joe as a kid, well, so I didn't know, and that's how I died. I, I also did not watch G.I. Joe as a kid because my parents didn't like the gun stuff, but I did watch a lot of He-Man. I also <laughs> did watch a lot of G.I. Joe as a kid because my you, parents didn't care. That's why you fucking love guns right now, you right-wing nut. 
Look. And that's why Gina got into steroids. <laughs> Evelie. Every single why, one of these things why is I true. sleep with a sword under my bed. <laughs> <laughs> you can take my sword when you're proud from a cold, dead skeleton what? hands. And, and here's the deal, Chan. Let me ask this question. 50-50, Gina may actually sleep with a sword under her bed. I'm not sure if that was a lie or not or a bit. Nope. No, I think I there's a very tell. legitimate chance she sleeps with a sword here's, under the bed. Here's what I will say. <laughs> before, before I moved, that is where I kept my ninja sword. Uh-huh. But then when I moved, I, I I gave it away. Or did I? Where is my ninja sword? It's under your bed, Gina. I'm gonna no, promise you that have, right now. Now I have a bashing baton so that if I wake up in the middle of the night and I hear a noise, I can just reach over Gina. and get my bashing baton and bash no, someone's no, 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 head no. in. Look, if I break into Gina Ippolito's house. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And Gina comes rushing out with a little <laughs> baton. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, there is no threat here. If Gina comes out like w- carrying a samurai sword, I'm going to run from that house. <laughs> so let me tell you right now, Gina, get your goddamn sword back. I can't. I don't. I, I here, genuinely I, am not sure where it is right this now. Is, no, 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 That's no, no. problem. No, no, no. She knows where that sword is. <laughs> yeah, she She's trying to lure people into her house oh, so no. that she can like uh, beat them up, uh, lock them up and do like uh, the end of uh, Pulp Fiction. To be fair, when Gina moved from her very <laughs> small apartment to her glamorous new house, she was not able to bring all the sex dungeon 22 to 24 year old <laughs> improv kids with her. She needs a restock. Yeah, she needs the sword. Yeah, that's true. I have a long sword and a short sword, a pair of oh sai and a pair of nunchucks, Fuck. and I hope I didn't get rid of all of them. Hashtag Gina sleeps with a sigh under her pillow <laughs> or hashtag Gina calls her vagina castle gray skull. Um, <laughs> just uh, hit us up with those hashtags. One or Both the other work. on Both Twitter work. and let us know what Honestly, you think. I'm is happy written. with either one of those hashtags. Yeah, they're right. both pretty good. I, I win. I win in both scenarios. <laughs> and that's our show, everybody. G.I. Joe Extreme, episode five, to catch a claw. Guys, this is a real fun one. This may have been the best episode. Dare I say it? The best episode of G.I. Joe Extreme we've seen thus far. And I'm here for it. Uh, final thoughts in this episode from y'all. I mean, here's the thing. Like, uh, does it... In- <sighs> I had this conversation a couple days ago and uh, I was showing uh, my kids some new show that's going to be on Netflix or something like that. And it was fine. It was what it was. It was a a kid's cartoon. And what I was saying was that I have, I have touched the face of God. I have seen a, a children's cartoon show that, that I enjoy watching. Uh, and so anytime now I see something that's just fine, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's perfectly okay. Um, I'm like, but it could have been Bluey. So when I'm watching this show, I'm like, yeah, this is fine. Uh, like all of the pieces there, and, it, and it's not that bad. It's perfectly okay. But still in the back of my head, I'm like, but it's not Bluey. Uh, I was so- reading an article last <laughs> night. I should yeah, well, have forwarded should. it to you guys, yeah. but uh, mm-hmm. it was it was about kids cartoons. Well, it, and it was it was basically talking about how uh, how important for kids to not grow up as as sort of anxious, depressed people to have latchkey like programs after school. Yeah, I know. yeah. 
uh, mm. to have a very like rigid structure, like like in terms of a, a routine of, you know, they wake up at the same time, they go to bed at the same time, like like a, a lot of this stuff. And they were basically talking about how in kids' cartoons, adults, especially around the age of like three, four, five, it's it's really important for kids to have this routine that they're, that they're used to, it helps them sort of not feel, it helps them feel safe and, and develop like healthy attachments. And it was talking about how cartoons play a part in that because what we consider boring as the same format over and over of like the character, even like characters wearing the same outfit in everything. Like for instance, Dora is wearing the same outfit in every episode. She's not changing her clothes. Uh, is it all does something to kids' brains to to make them sort of comfortable functioning children, and it and it was saying like this is why adults are like you know will watch those cartoons for younger kids and be like oh my god it's like so boring Curious George always like gets in trouble and always the the man in the yellow hat like finds him blah 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 but it's it's ideal for kids and it's actually like you know the the alternative is is not good for them so i found that very interesting yeah that's the whole theory behind the mr rogers show and how it was cyclical yes. and it began and ended the same way every single time yes and the and create kids, comfort. kids felt comforted by by the routine and and that's what they're used to and that's why you know unfortunately like kids who come from chaotic households then then have a lot of issues versus like kids who have have sort of that that structure of things happen at the same time and we do the same things and we watch the same thing and this program happens like you know the same thing happens in this program but kids don't find it boring we as adults find it boring but kids find it great and comforting so now what I've i'm been hearing looking at cartoons differently is that because my mother didn't let me watch G.I. Joe, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. of this therapy I can charge to her. <laughs> it's her fault. Correct. Okay. In, in a really weird roundabout way, uh, Chan, if your mom had <laughs> let you watch G.I. Joe, mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't have been broken enough of a person to do a G.I. Joe podcast <laughs> for oh like God. six years. Oh, this is like Loki level bullshit. Like I, I, yeah. there's an alternate yeah. universe. There's a variant me who is like um uh like well adjusted and has good <laughs> self-esteem Wait, and is also is, really into guns you, so what that's were former you military instead of GI Joe it, it, unless it was like a David Lynch film i think you're fine with watching the smurfs and the gummy bears um problem was it probably was a David Lynch <laughs> film unfortunately here's the thing uh by the time i got uh, to an age where i could watch David Lynch films i was like this this guy gets me <laughs> Literally, like when I I feel here's here's a weird thing about me. I feel comforted watching David Lynch films. I'm like, <laughs> that's, this that's feels something. normal. This feels like I like how he perceives the universe is how I perceive the universe. <laughs> well, you should have watched more Smurfs. I. Yeah, yeah, I should have. And on that me. note, and on that note, we're going to get out of town. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Let's see here. We've got some social media stuff to talk about. You can go to facebook.com slash knowing it's at the podcast. Meet us there. You can meet us on Twitter at GI Joe podcast. Tweet at us individually, which we'll tell you in a sec, but also the name of the show. And you make the Hall of Fame of Twitter people a second (laughs) member 
Uh, Justin, I believe, has now joined the Twitter Hall of Fame with Channing Sherman as somebody who knows how to appropriately tweet <laughs> us all and get our attention. Great job, Justin. You can also hit us up patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. We are going to be doing some find your fate books. So once I get a little bit of craziness sorted out this summer, we are going to pick like a weekend day before too very long. And we're going to do a find your fate book with the community of Patreon of knowing it's half the podcast. So get ready for that. Get ready to come join us. I felt that the theme song Throwdown losers bracket episode was one of the most successful ventures that we've done. And I want more of that. So let's bring the people on board and we'll do special find your guys. I said before, I've been buying a bunch of find your fate books. <clears throat> I bought even more. <laughs> And he can't write it off unless we do these friggin' episodes. So. I need to really do these episodes because they start getting expensive <laughs> if you've looked for them. There's the handful that are cheap, and then there's the multitude that are not, and I'm starting to run out of cheap ones. So I'm going to have to start dropping some cash. Um, thank you for the Patreon. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, don't forget, uh, uh, we also had uh, Sir Moxford A. Libitsky Esquire, who also hmm. joins the... Uh, the hallowed hall of fame. Oh, okay, great. oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, people are starting to get it. There's, people yeah. actually listen to the show, which is hard for me to believe. <laughs> I know. Hey, Chad, did you know that uh, if you can go on Facebook or uh, Facebook, you can go on Apple podcasts right now and give us a five-star review. We will read it on the air. If you want to go do it, you know, it turns out that we have a 4.9 overall rating. Nice. And the primary reason for that is because <laughs> we have a single solitary one-star review weighing down the litany of almost entirely five-star reviews that we have. That a true iconoclast. Five to a 4.9. Oh. Jen, what kind of monster would give this show a one-star review? And why would he also be on the show? Someone with uh, who understands the purity of podcasting and oh. knows that, um, uh, honestly, it was just a dick move. And I'm, still real proud of it i feel good you know chan you can go back and change your review at any time wait did i oh, ever do review? review i feel like no which, of course you is, didn't gina which is worse which is worse here uh also i feel like this is exactly what happened to paddington too it had a perfect rotten tomato score and then some <laughs> chan went in and messed it up yeah that's not the official term for someone who ruins a review set uh you know oh i was you know i get a bonus if i get all you know perfect scores but then i had one chan out there who hit me and now i don't get my bonus look here's the thing um if you hire me to do movie reviews, and I've got I got an actual CV, I, you could hire me legitimately. For oh, you have some a CV? I would outlet. hire you to do some writing if you had a CV. <laughs> uh, I will. That's I as will, inside as a joke's going to get, folks. I will go to uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes and put one uh, bad review up uh, for every one hundred percent movie. I will do that, not because I have to, uh, but because I need to. In my heart, it's a thing that I must do. Some it people feels so good. Just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> Robert Clark Chan. Anyway, you can hit us up there on patreon.com slash knowing us the podcast. Five bucks a month. Super secret vault. I think we figured out it was 423 episodes of this show, which is outrageous. Too many. It is that's too how many, many are in the vault right now and more coming. I just updated uh, all of season five is now also in the vault along with these special patreon only manchi cheese episode so if you like what we're doing here maybe you're newish to the show and you would like to listen to a lot more of it there's a lot of it in that vault and it's very easy to access thank you to our patrons and i'd love to see more of you let's make this happen 
Otherwise, you can hit us up on Twitter, as I said before, at G.I. Joe Podcast. But individually, I am at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And that is our show. We'll be back next week to wrap up the Orbtacular Wing Commander, everybody. Part four of four of the Orb Commander series. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. Are you guys ready? I'm ready for the Wing Command Orb episode. Mm. I'm I'm ready to see how it ends. Life, orb life, ends. not the not the orbtacular or orbular, just life in general <clears throat> and the world. And, in, and when it ends, you know they say when God closes a door, he orbins a window. Oh, he, is that? Mm, I I would have gone with this is how the world ends, not. With a bang, but with an orb. With a wimp. With a wimp orb. orb. Come on. With a wimp orb. It was right there, Gina. No. Now I'm extra mad. (laughs) (laughs) Situation critical. Roll call. Ballistic. Harpoon. Mayday. Blast rider. Don't damage. Quick sight. Right, Lieutenant Stone. The odds are a million to one. And that's the way we like it! Hey, you. No, 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 no. Don't look over here. Keep your eyes on the road. Got something for you. Take a listen to this. In the newest Pokemon, they have Score Bunny, which is a starter. What? Yes. Score Score Bunny. So it's it's a Fire Bunny that plays soccer. He kicks balls. He scores. Great. Score like Scorch, I think. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Like goal. Like Score Bunny. Rad. <laughs> There's Score Bunny who uses his mad soccer skills to steal, I think like donuts or something like that. How does he use his soccer skills to steal donuts? He kicks it. Oh, yummy. The best part is though, Score Bunny wants to go and follow Ash and go on big adventures. Oh my God, Ash is still the main character of the anime? Yes, where have you been? Yeah, so Ash is like, I'm getting on the train. I'm leaving, Score Bunny. And Score Bunny's like- Is it because he's 80 years old? That's why he sounds like that? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing makes donuts taste better than a foot coming in contact with them. If you like what you heard and love co-op with your friends, check out Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. That's Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.